Ben, I am full. Yeah, man. Thanksgiving, Chinese food. Yeah. It's crazy how we have to go to Chinese all the time in order to get our fortune for the week. I know. I don't even know what's going on with my life until I've eaten a fortune cookie and read the little nasty piece of paper inside. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody would go eat Chinese every day for us? Mm. So we wouldn't have to worry about going back to the buffet or the carryout place every single day? Well, maybe we can do that for everybody else so that nobody else has to um, you know, eat all that Chinese food for us. Mm, sounds like the burden of a couple of cousins who have a podcast. Well, hey everybody, starting January 1st, you can expect a new daily podcast from Ben and Jason. That's, that's us, by the yeah. way. Yeah, hey. Uh, called... The Fortune Cookie Podcast. And basically, we're just going to give you a... We're going to open a fortune cookie. We're going to give you the fortune. We're going to talk about it for a minute. And it's going to be less than five minutes, and, and you'll be good to go. And it's daily. So if you've ever wondered, what's, I wonder what's going to happen for me today. You, you'll still probably wonder, but at least you'll know what the fortune cookie says. Exactly. We'll have some lucky numbers. And hey, maybe even a Chinese word to learn. Head on over to cookiepodcast.com and sign up for the mailing list to be alerted when we launch. Yeah, and we're on Twitter at Cookie Podcast and Instagram at Cookie Podcast. Election College, episode 41. McKinley is assassinated. Theodore Roosevelt becomes president. Let's throw a political party. Face it, the political scene sucks, but did it always? It's time for election college, and class is in session. Now, your hosts, Jason Goff and Ben Smith. Hey, Ben, um, it's 1901. Uh-huh. Yeah, 1901, uh, William McKinley just got in for his second term in office. His, his inauguration was a pretty big to-do. Yeah, I, they even had some video and stuff like that that you can look up on ye old internet, and you can celebrate. Yeah, there's some audio out there, too, of some of the times when McKinley would just sit on his porch. Old Bill would just you know sit there and, and talk to everybody like we talked about in the last couple episodes. And there's actually some some audio of that as well, which is kind of cool. Um, and then right after the inauguration, uh, Bill and Ida, that's, a, that's his wife, they went on this big six-week tour of the nation. After all, that's what you do when you win the presidency for the second time. You go west. Wouldn't, wouldn't he have had like work to do or something? Uh, no, because okay. he's, he won. Oh, okay. Well, that's all over. and It's good. Isn't it also interesting that when people run for office, even if they're already in office, they're just like, I'm just going to suspend my duties for a few months while I run. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I don't know that that's what he did, but it certainly happens. (laughs) (laughs) So Bill and Ida, they are out traveling around. And I'm not sure if we mentioned this in the last podcast, but uh, Mrs. McKinley had a number of health issues all throughout her life. So she always traveled uh, with the president and even before that and I 
just think this is one of the most noble things that a man could do for his wife. He would actually have her seated next to him at the table for important meals. And up until this time, that was not looked upon as a uh, as something that you did. The first lady would be on the other side of the room. Uh, but Mrs. McKinley would sit right next to him. And when she would have a seizure, uh, which would you know, her face would contort and it just wasn't something that um, it, it might be embarrassing. Uh, he would gently cover her face and allow the, the seizure to, to subside and then just treat it as something normal. And uh, you can imagine that he was somebody who she loved dearly and he loved her as well. So kind of a neat story about the McKinley's and there's a lot you can read about that. Yeah, definitely. And, and so while they're on this, um, the six week tour of the nation, they're in California and uh, the first lady fell ill and um, more, more complications from the problems she already had. And so there's a point where McKinley just has to say, well, we're, we're going to limit the public events a lot of the speeches we've already got planned out and that are really important to me are going to have to wait because this is more important to me right now. And then uh, he had also been planning to go to a fair, uh, which a fair was a little different uh, back in the day than it is now. It wasn't just a week long. It was more of an event of more length, a longer length and mm-hmm. more of a to-do really than just a gathering of concession stands. And <laughs> so uh, they ended up planning that out until September and then they also plan the months in Washington and, and a couple in Canton, and then they're going to go to Buffalo, and and that's kind of where they're at at this point. Yeah, so the fair, uh, the Pan American Exposition is what it was called, and it was in Buffalo that year. And originally they were supposed to go uh, there in June, but like Ben said, they didn't get there until September. So this is the conclusion of just this whirlwind cross-country uh, tour. And McKinley really loved being with the people. So uh, his secretary was very concerned because uh, during this time, and keep in mind, this is after you know, the Spanish-American War um, and World War I was way off into the future. I don't even want to know what I'm talking about by saying World right. War One. What's yeah. that? It's an anachronism. That's what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but you have uh, relative peace going on in the world, except for some assassinations, which are occurring by anarchists in Europe. So, President McKinley's secretary is like, dude, listen you need some security detail. And McKinley is like, no, I, I want to be with the people. That's not going to happen. Um, we're Americans after all. We don't assassinate our presidents, right? Right. I mean, there's no track record for that at all, ever. It, no. No. Uh, so on September 5th, uh, the president was supposed to go to uh, the fairgrounds, and there's going to be a lot of people there. And like Jason said, McKinley refused to have any extra security. But just because he did what he did, the secretary actually arranged some additional security for the trip just in case. And so he's in. He's giving this speech. He's encouraging people to have reciprocity treaties with other nations. Mm-hmm. He wants to make sure that 
we're able to get into foreign markets. The things we need from foreign markets are able to come into the United States. And he really um, just kind of lays out his plans for the future, talks about what he wants to do in his second term, uh, you know, to just kind of lays out almost like a State of the Union, but it wasn't the official State of the Union address. And it's kind of interesting that it was at an event, but that's, I mean, it was a really big to do. It's it, Like I said, it's much different than a fair that we're familiar with today. Um, and, and so he's just like, here's what I'm going to do, and I hope everybody loves it, every person here. Yeah, and... Most people did. Pretty much everybody, yeah. Yeah, but there's this one guy in the crowd, and he is a Polish immigrant. His name is Leon Cholgosz. I think from now on we should just call him Leon because I can't say that word. Yeah, yeah. it's C-Z-O-L-G-O-S-Z. So, of course, the ch sound is in there. So he was an anarchist, and he really became invigorated by hearing a speech uh, back in Cleveland uh, from an anarchist. Her name was Emma Goldman. And he's like, hey, I really like what you have to say, Emma. I'm an anarchist too, and I'm going to do something really heroic. Yeah, the the logical thing to do when you want to do something heroic is murder the leader of the free world. Right. So Leon is like, hmm, how am I going to do this? Um, well, I'm going to meet the president because, mm-hmm. hey, he's a pretty personal guy. Yeah, and so he works up some some guts uh, on that the fifth the day September the fifth the day that he uh, gave the speech that McKinley gave the speech, and he scoots on up to the podium where he's giving the speech, and he gets a little closer, and then he gets a little closer, and he just can't get close enough to know that he can get away with. Uh, with his assassination attempt. So he just kind of leaves. Yeah. He waits till the next day and McKinley is receiving people. He's meeting the public and they're at the structure called the temple of music, which was on the exposition grounds. Mm -hmm. And Leon has this gun. Uh, It's concealed in a handkerchief and McKinley's like, Hey, nice to meet you. Bang, bang. He shoots McKinley twice in the abdomen. I am still just kind of perplexed by so many people who would try to assassinate people, shoot them in the abdomen. Right. Because there are so many people, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say this, even though it's pretty logical. There are so many people who have been shot in the abdomen and lived for a long time, like like they've been fine. Yeah. I guess it's just a quick draw kind of thing. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, it's trying to make sense of a madman. Right, so yeah. I guess you probably shouldn't even bother. So McKinley gets shot, and he's like, hey, guys, the friendly guys, mm-hmm. his aides. He's like, oh, break the news gently to Ida. And he really was like, don't go after Leon. Yeah. He tells everybody, the, he kind of like calls off the dogs almost, like leave Leon alone. And they probably would have beat him to death or, you know, put him to death in some way pretty quickly, therefore, or thereafter, if McKinley hadn't said that. Um, but he said basically, you know, let him run. And then he was taken to the 
the first aid station on the exposition grounds. And the doctor just couldn't locate the second bullet. I guess they got the first out, but couldn't get the first one. And the crazy thing, Jason, this is really interesting. And, and these expositions were, well, they were just that. They were expositions and, and a lot of different new feats and um, different types of wonders that you would see around. But they also unveiled a lot of new technology. And This is like where the hoverboard would be. Exactly. Yeah. In our day. It, it's almost like, uh, oh, what are those big, what are those called? Those like I can't even say the name of them. One of those big conventions where something happens, like you know, an Apple press conference, but a week long, and right, yeah, um, usually in Las Vegas, uh, usually in Las Vegas, like and, uh, yeah. yeah. And so the, you know, these expositions where you hear a lot of times, like this was unveiled at the 1923 World Fair, kind of like that. And so they've actually got this primitive X-ray machine. This one of the first X-ray machines <sighs> that are coming into play, and they've got the second bullet they can't find. And the x-ray machine is being exhibited on the grounds of the place, and they didn't use it. They didn't even try it. I don't even know if they thought of it. That's crazy. It reminds me almost of, I mean, in hindsight's twenty twenty. but you remember how Edison had invented a metal detector, and he was going to use it on President Garfield. Right. And they were saying, like, if they, he would only check the other side of him. Right. Well, and why would you have them in a metal bed? Right. Yeah. But exactly. Anyway, um, so yeah, it, it's you know it's 1901. They don't have all of the medical advances that we have now, and gangrene is setting in in um, the president's stomach, and it's slowly poisoning him. And on the morning of September 13th, he took a really bad turn for the worst and by 2 a.m on the 14th the president is dead yeah and it was it was such a blow to the entire nation because up until that point and i mean gangrene works slowly and quickly at the same time it it works it's hidden for a long time and then all of a sudden you you understand oh here it is it's gonna kill but he really seemed to improved to have improved and the doctors would uh, send out positive things the uh, cabinet rushed to Buffalo to see him, and Vice President Roosevelt rushed to Buffalo to see him. And then they're all like, oh, well, he's getting better. And so they all leave. Like, everybody leaves. Teddy Roosevelt went on a camping trip in the Adirondacks. And so a little while later, the uh, someone said, it, it was difficult to interpret the optimism with which the president's physicians looked for his recovery. And so, like, there's the, he says there's this obvious danger that all of the wounds or you know that the wounds that the president have are going to get infected and are going to cause some serious issues but this dr mcburney guy just really reassures everyone everything's going to be okay everything's going to be fine he's this big city surgeon from buffalo that everybody respects and the American public's like, oh, we believe this guy. He's getting better. The president's going to be all right. Nothing to worry about. Bam, he's dead. Yeah. Such a shock. And um, the vice president, Theodore Roosevelt, um, is in the Andro- Adirondack region. Sorry, New Yorkers, for mis- for butchering the name of the Adirondacks. Uh, but uh, he quickly makes his way to Buffalo and is inaugurated. And uh, Leon, um, the assassin, is quickly charged with uh, first-degree murder. Um, 
and get this Ben. So he's incarcerated, right? And he's interacting with people. He's talking to the guards and everybody, but he's not talking to his basically his defense, right? And he's it's almost just, like he wanted to be. Yeah, he yeah. had that martyr thing going mm-hmm. on where he's like, "Okay, I'm the man for the cause of anarchy, and don't defend me." Right. So they quickly uh, electrocute him. Uh, just a few weeks later, um, yeah, on, yeah. The 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 murder was on what September sixth, or I mean, sorry, the shooting was on September sixth, and then. Uh, September 14th, McKinley dies. Yeah. Uh, September 26th, they sentenced the guy to death. And about a month later, they actually uh, electrocute him. Yeah, it was the 29th of October. So just 45 days after McKinley passes. And I mean, I know there are all sorts of varying opinions on the electric chair and or I guess, you know, the death penalty in general. But at this day, in this day and age, you, you literally saw him shoot the president. It was like, well, there's really no question of whether or not he did it or not. So we're going to kill him. Yeah. I'm surprised that it, it was handled that by the judicial system yeah, instead. Exactly. So uh, McKinley is buried in uh, Canton, Ohio. Uh, his final resting place is there. And. Um, Kind of interesting. It's it's quite a memorial. We actually had a listener uh, take some photographs of uh, the historic site uh, there in Ohio of McKinley's um, resting place. And and by the way, whenever you're at a national park, or uh, you know, we're going to be talking about Theodore Roosevelt soon and some of the things he did for conservation and things like that. Um, and then many of us live near presidential sites. We love to see the pictures of those. So do tag us when you're at those locations. It, it's definitely interesting to Ben and myself. Absolutely. And, and there, uh, the tomb was actually crazy enough before McKinley was even buried. They had already started designing and planning for the, the tomb and multiple different statues. And so once again, we see this kind of really large procession for the, the funeral march essentially the the casket makes its way to washington it goes to the east room it goes to capitol to the capitol building and then it goes to canton and then a bunch of people go by it in in uh, the rotunda at the capitol uh which is huge by the way have you ever been there i into uh, the u.s capitol yes yeah mm-hmm. yeah um actually it's, it's just, i've been i went to reagan's funeral that's right. I forgot you went to the Reagan's funeral. Yeah. Um, a ton of people uh, went by train and came from all over the country. Uh, it goes on and on. They take him back to his family's house where they can say their final, re- final respects. And then they take him to the cemetery where he is. Um, uh, they put him in the memorial. That's the, the area where the memorial will be that, like I said, had already started being planned. Yeah, and we mentioned how Ida had her health issues throughout her life. And, and of course, you can imagine she really lost her best friend. And um, uh, she died just a few years later uh, in 1907 uh, at the age of 59. So really 
young in her own right, and uh, they are both buried there um, with their daughters. And if you remember from the last episode, um, we had talked about how their daughters um, passed very um, early in life. Um, McKinley, um, I don't know if you knew this, Ben, but he was he's on the $500 bill. I did know that. Not that I've ever held one in my hand, but I have seen in images. How about that? Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of money. Yep. You know what is a free way you can help support Election College? I have a feeling I do. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell me? So, not to sound overly commercial, because that's certainly not Ben and mine's goal in this podcast, but if you'd like to support the podcast, you can by shopping online at Amazon. If you go to electioncollege.com slash Amazon, uh, that actually sends you to Amazon.com. You'll never know it. Only us and Amazon know this. <laughs> <laughs> but we actually have an affiliate account set up with our friends at Amazon. So we do get a little bit of a cut anytime you use our affiliate link. That's right. And believe it or not, it's it's I mean it's small, but it's a nice little little cut. Costs you nothing extra and it helps us out and helps us continue to do this show, expand shows, do shows like the upcoming Fortune Cookie podcast. And uh, a few more as well. Yeah. Anything else to say about President McKinley? I think that's everything I have. Very good. Well, uh, do connect with us. We are, of course, at electioncollege.com on social media, on ye old Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Election College. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you next time. See you later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.